This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Rob Fay in for Simi. Good morning. Celine Dion reminds me of Las Vegas. I'll be going to Las Vegas next week for a couple of days. <laughs> By the way, I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day about, she goes, oh, you like that kind of music? Because I'm, I'm very pop-centric. I'm not into the hard stuff. And uh, I was telling her about this old song, Waiting for a Star to Fall, Boy Meets Girl. And she had no clue. My wife had no clue. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. It was a popular song, I think. I know you're driving around. You're like, I've never heard of that either. That's okay. It's fine. I'm just saying I'm a softie and uh, the hard stuff just doesn't do anything for me. But when we talk about hard stuff, I want to get into the hard stuff of the political world south of the border uh, because there's a lot of stuff going on and some of it is just almost too good to be true. So for said stories, let's go to Global News' Washington correspondent, Reggie Cicchini. Uh, Reggie, good morning. Good morning. Let's talk about cocaine at the White House. It, I mean, it seems very TMZ-ish, but this is actually a big deal. Sure, it's a big deal. Uh, it's the first time that a white powdery substance has been found in and around uh, the White House grounds since the uh, early 2000s and the anthrax scare. Uh, and, and there are ongoing questions here, Rob. How did this kind of baggie of coke find its way into um, the executive mansion at an entrance that is you know, to the west of the building near the Oval Office, but it was found in a cubby where people have to throw their, their cell phones and stuff when they're coming in for a tour? Uh, I mean, there have been days and days of testing being done on this little baggie. They can't figure it out, um, and and they may not figure it out. We're you know expected to get some kind of a report on on Monday, uh, but this really is it, it's kind of gripping everyone within the White House, and it is now finding itself in the middle of a political firestorm here because Republicans have stepped in and said, look. We don't trust Secret Service right now. We need a full detailed report on this. Well, it's an interesting story from the fact that I've heard that it was, you know, located in a couple of different places that will never truly get to the bottom of this. But you mentioned, Reggie, the political angle to this. I've seen Donald Trump on his social media just blasting the Bidens and, and, and the back and forth. How big of an issue is this or is it something that can eventually get swept under the carpet? I mean, I mean, look, it's it's an issue because there were drugs that were found inside the White House. Obviously, the cocaine is a, is a banned, you know, federal substance in the United States, uh, and there are questions as to why this kind of narcotic was in the building. Uh, it, it should be pointed out. Secret Service has come out to say, look, our dogs don't sniff for drugs. We don't expect drugs to be in the White House, and there are, you know, biological, radiological, uh, you know, machines that are in and around the White House that are constantly scanning for things like anthrax and rice but they're not scanning for things um, like cocaine. Uh, so, you know, the, the pointed question here is, was there a Secret Service failure? And that's why Republicans in the House are now stepping up to say, we want a full report. We need to understand what the security failures are that are going on in the White House. But is this a big story? I mean, it's the slow news day of the summer. It's been like this for a couple of days besides weather stories. 
you have to question whether or not this would be as big of a deal if 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 somebody else was in the White House, if a different party was leading uh, uh, the House. Mm-hmm. I, I, okay, so you read between the same lines I do. Um, let's switch gears. We do have to talk about the Donald here and these uh, unsealed documents, newly unsealed details from the Justice Department's investigation into Donald Trump's mishandling of those classified informations, I should say alleged. Um, now there's some surveillance footage that could play a role in really doing some damage in this case yeah uh, and the, the 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 kind of it's not the it's not a new indictment we're seeing it's not a new report we're seeing it's just less redactions in the original report and we are understanding now uh, that that the the Justice Department knew more about the situation before they traveled to Mar-a-Lago to carry out an initial search here than we originally thought and that's because uh, some of the uh, information that's been unredacted some photos that are now in existence show that there were more boxes uh, in specific places of Mar-a-Lago and when federal prosecutors showed up to start doing an investigation. Those boxes weren't there. This ties into uh, the situation surrounding Trump's aide who pleaded not guilty yesterday and the questions of how many boxes were moved, where were things moved around. And what this all really comes down to is uh, more attempts for the Justice Department to blow holes into the theories that Trump and his lawyers are putting out that A, he did nothing wrong, or B, he had nothing to hide, or C, he was allowed to have anything that was declassified because he declassified it on his own. Ultimately here, having this information from the Justice Department, at least in the eyes of special counsel Jack Smith, says, look, our case is rock solid here. The former president was wrong for what he did, and we have more proof now to show that he was going out of his way to mislead us. So Trump feeling some pressure here. The Biden administration feeling some pressure as well. A federal judge issuing a preliminary injunction ordering certain Biden administration agents and officials not to communicate with social media companies regarding the removal of content containing protected free speech. Can you walk us through this? So, look, this is what's being seen by Republicans as a win. uh, And it's because since kind of the beginning days of covid, Republicans, some conservatives have come out to say that social media, uh, you know, accounts or sites have been blocking or deleting or shadow banning uh, people who identify themselves with right or, you know, further than right. And essentially what we've seen with this judge here in this injunction is that members of certain government agencies like the Health and Human Services Department or the White House Press Secretary or members of the FBI and DOJ can't go over to a social media site like Twitter and flag information to them that they say could be misleading, that could present a danger to the American public. Uh, and ask them to take it down. They're allowed to do it if they think a crime may have been committed or if there's a, a national security threat. But ultimately, Republicans are saying that government interference with these social media sites is an infringement on free speech. The question is, is it coercion or is it just the government saying, look, false information, bogus lines being tweeted out uh, could have uh, a negative impact on the broad public. This is likely something that we will see the administration um, try to appeal, could find itself before the Supreme Court in yet another case where, you know, freedom of speech is going to be at the crux of an argument. And Reggie, this one, uh, when I first walked in this morning, I said, what a story this is. A Texas man who was reported missing as a teenager eight years ago actually returns home the next day and has been living with his mother. <laughs> I mean, only I, I don't want to say only in Texas, but this story is almost surreal. 
And I mean, there's a lot of details here. Some of them are in the news. Some of them are circulating in and around the news. But ultimately, yeah, for years and years, this teenager apparently living at the home with his mother, being seen by police, giving false names and false birthdays when police were talking to him, the mother giving false information about who may have been in and around the house, even though it be it's believed to have been her son. He was found on a church step uh, a couple of days ago, uh, disoriented, had some blood in his hair. Uh, you know, there are questions here as to where he's been for the last several years. There is kind of um, a person who's been associated with this case who's suggesting that the, the boy was being kept in his house um, as a prisoner, that he was suffering some kind of abuse. The 25-year-old says, look, none of that was happening and no charges have been laid against anyone. But there are way more questions than there are answers about precisely what was going on, what happened over the last eight years. And whether somebody here may have dropped the ball, given the fact so many people saw this this boy at the time coming in and out of the house and nobody went to police by saying, we think he's actually there. It's an unbelievable story. Reggie, thank you for getting us caught up with everything south of the border. I do appreciate your time today and have a good one. Thanks.